For the first time we got two bachelorettes You thought we'd be super happy but that's not it Cause we don't think you're as clever as you do I'm on the couch, it's a typical Monday night Two female leads, but it ain't right Cause you still don't understand what we do Rachel wears short skirts, Gabby wears t-shirts Rachel's cheer captain and Gabby's on the bleachers Dreaming about the day when you wake up and find that what you're doing now has been sexist the whole time If you could see the pitting two girls against each other isn't cool It's not history, it's still misogyny it's still misogyny. <laughs> oh my God. That was, that's hard. How does Taylor do it? How does she do it? Oh my God. Hi. Welcome to The Trashler. It's week one, episode one, first season that we're doing this in podcast form. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I hope y'all are into the idea of me starting with a song cover because. I used to do that on the Instagram live versions of this and I just thought it was fun. I don't know if anything will top my Celine Dion. It's all coming back to me now about Clayton and Susie, but we'll give it time. Just wait and we'll find something that hits just as hard. I first want to give a shout out to the Fantasy League winner of the week. If you haven't signed up for the Fantasy League, it's so much fun. You really just pick however many names they're allowing you that week, and then you get points based on how they do that episode. It's not just about roses. You get points if they kiss the lead. You get points if they take their shirt off. You get points for so many things and also negative points for a lot of things. So it's just so much fun. The sign up is in the Trashler Instagram link. So just go to Instagram at Trashler. It'll all be there in a highlight. You know, I, I'm trying to make it easy for you, you know. But this week, our top scorer by a lot was my dear friend Judith, who texted me as soon as the results came out. Judith, you killed it. No one deserves it more. You're the best. Congrats. All right. So let's, let's freaking get into this episode. And if you are listening to this and have no idea who I am, I posted a little bonus intro episode called listen to this first. And that kind of gives you my background, like who the hell am I? And it also lets you know what Trashler is and the evolution of it and how we got here. So if you don't know who I am or you want to know more, listen to that first, literally. All right, let's get into this freaking episode. I figured I would start off with some overarching thoughts on the premiere, and then we could get into like recapping it chronologically. But overall, I really like this episode. I mean, I think I just missed The Bachelor, honestly, because we had so many seasons back to back to back that I was reaching peak Bachelor. I was so exhausted with the franchise. And then they finally gave us a couple months off to recoup. And I'm like, man, I kind of miss this show. And oh my God, I forgot that two women who I loved from the last season are going to be the leads. And it's two women as the leads for the first time ever. So over the past month, it really hit me. Oh my God, I'm actually so excited. And I think this episode delivered for the most part. <laughs> okay, my first thought is that 
I really wish they structured this episode better. I don't think it was any different than a normal episode with just one lead. It's just that they shoved in a second person in there. I don't know, maybe my expectations for the Bachelor Overlords are way too high, but I really thought they were going to put some thought into this. Like, I thought maybe they'd have two separate limo entrances, or maybe they'd just put some wrinkle into it so that it wouldn't just be, oh, whoops, we accidentally double booked and we have two leads, so we're going to do the same exact thing just with two people. I just thought there'd be a little more differentiating it from past seasons. You know what I mean? But also, on the bright side of the two leads conundrum, Jesse, though, he plays such a small role now. And I don't know if that's just this episode, but did anyone else feel this too? A huge role of the host in this franchise is to really get the leads' thoughts outside of what they're saying in their in-the-moment confessionals. Like, you know how the first episode of every season has the leads sitting down and saying, what's your type? What are you looking for? Blah, blah, blah. And I actually really loved how in this episode, Gabby and Rachel were doing that for each other. So it really felt super natural and organic, which I was pleasantly surprised with. But yeah, it also means that Jesse is like totally redundant. Like really the only thing we need him for now is to step out and say, gentlemen, there's one rose left. He's kind of unnecessary, but I mean, he's hot. So I guess that's a good thing. So yeah, those are my overall thoughts on the episode and this season. I am just hoping that there's a little more thought and intentionality with having two leads because right now it kind of seems really chaotic and I wish that they structured it better. One thing with Jesse though, I did love how he asked them, are you going to hold hands the entire time? I was obsessed with that. But yeah, let's start from the top. First off, the episode date, July 11th, was my parents' 35th wedding anniversary, so what a night for love, am I right? We don't get an intro packet for Gabby or Rachel. I think they're doing that because they probably assume we remember them from last season, but people who are watching this and didn't watch Clayton's season, you don't know that Gabby is an ICU nurse. You don't know that Rachel's a pilot. Like, I don't think they mentioned that at all this episode, did they? Please correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, they're showing like quick montages of all the guys and they all look like amalgams of past Bachelor contestants. Like they all look like that artificial intelligence dolly image generator and you just went on there and typed in past Bachelor contestants. That's what all of them look like right now. Let's just go straight to the limo entrance. I mean, I feel like that's the whole meat of the premiere and the beginning is just establishing that they're best friends, establishing that Clayton broke up with them, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's get to the limos. So I mentioned this before, but I did not like that both Gabby and Rachel were there for the limo entrances. I don't know how they would have structured this, but I wish that they each had their own limo moment because I feel like the limo entrances had zero chemistry this time. Does anyone else feel that way? Like usually you see the eye contact, you see, oh wow, they held hands. Oh wow, that hug was really good. You, you can really judge the chemistry. And this, it was really just guys navigating how to talk to two people at once. <laughs> there was no love. There was no spark. It was just, which one do I hug first? Look at both when saying your name. Look at Gabby for first syllable of name. Then Rachel for second syllable of name. You just saw the wheels turning in their heads. There was just no love. And I've said this before. Usually you could tell who wins from night one. I cannot tell you any front runners from this season because you just did not see that chemistry. The whole time was just the Gabby and Rachel show, watching them hold hands, watching them giggle to each other. So the limo entrances were so underwhelming to me for that reason. 
So yeah, they double dutch on the limo entrances and Zach is the first out and y'all, this is important, okay? The first limo entrance is always someone who's really significant and of course, I absolutely wrote nothing about Zach. By the way, I take notes. That's how I remember anything that happens. But yeah, just keep an eye on this Zach character. Jason, an investment banker, comes out and says, I have something in common with Clayton. I'm in love with three women. And he said his mom, his sister, and his dog. And I really thought he was going to say his mom and then Gabby and Rachel. And I was just like, whoa, dude, too soon. But he corrected, and that was pretty smooth. Avon, he had an incredible tan suit. This was the first one that he said something romantic and held the hands of both girls. And that just seemed really sister wives to me. Like I know this season is all about having two leads and they're both best friends and they're both going through it together. But something about the entrances and having the guys say something romantic to each of the girls Ooh, it felt very keep sweet. If anyone has watched that on Netflix, please talk to me. It's the best documentary ever. But yeah, very keep sweet, pray and obey. I did not like that at all. So I hope that conservative Mormon energy does not carry on for the rest of the season. Jordan H., he's from Tampa. He, oh, speaking of weird polyamory, he's the one who brought noise-canceling headphones and put him on Gabby when he was talking to Rachel and then put him on Rachel when he was talking to Gabby. And I totally understand the intention behind this, but it just seemed super sus. Like, hey, put on these noise-canceling headphones so you can't see that I'm flirting with your friend. And then vice versa. Like, did anyone else feel so weirded out by this? Like, I don't know the most romantic best case scenario of meeting two women at once. It was just so bizarre. We have someone whose job title is a mentality coach. Okay, not a life coach, not a therapist, a mentality coach. Sounds like unemployed to me. Mario, personal trainer, hot. We have Ethan, a juggler, and oh my God, I feel like it was such a missed opportunity for him to say, I've juggled two girls before. <laughs> oh, that would have been so funny. Kirk, college football coach, whatever. Jordan comes in holding two baby chicks, and I thought that was pretty cute, even though he had a real tight grip on those little animals. I, I don't know if they survived the episode. Someone named Quincy comes in and introduces himself as Quincy, a.k.a. Prince. And <laughs> I laughed so hard at this because Rachel, <laughs> Rachel nodded. It was like, Prince, okay, Prince. And it just reminded me of something my mom would react when hearing a name that she can't pronounce. Like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's a name. Okay. Quincy, a.k.a. Prince, a.k.a. I'm going to call him Princey. He tells them that he hasn't had sex in a year. <laughs> and Gabby is just so hilarious. I'm so happy that they didn't edit out her jokes so we could see their personality. But as soon as Princey leaves, she's like, well, that makes one of us. Oh, my God. Such a great one-liner. We have our second Tampa boy, my hometown. Let's freaking go. His name is Hayden. He's a leisure executive, which I can only assume means that he builds lawn chairs. He has a really Southern accent though, so he definitely lives in Tampa, but is not from Tampa because nobody in Tampa has that much of an accent. Where are you really from, Hayden? What are you hiding? Oh, another great one-liner from Gabby here. Hayden gets me with a joke because I'm 12 years old. I love her so much. Was that a good Gabby impression? Hold on, let me try that again. <clears throat> 
Hayden gets me with a joke because I'm 12 years old. See, you really have to do a Jennifer Coolidge voice plus age it down 10 years. I'm working on it, okay? Trust me, by the end of the season, you're not even going to know who's behind this mic. You're going to think it's Gabby. That's how good my impression is going to sound. We have a guy come in with a clown wig, which I thought was funny. And this is when Gabby and Rachel are like, okay, enough with the Clayton jokes because I totally get it. This is such commonplace for the Bachelor limo entrances. They always make jokes about the previous lead that the current lead came from, but oh my God, something about Clayton though, I get that they didn't want to hear jokes about him because he really screwed them over. And I felt this way about Becca Kufrin too. Ari literally proposed marriage to her and then dumped her at the after the final rose for the girl who got second place. And when Becca was the lead, everyone kept making jokes about Ari. And it's like, dude, that's traumatic. Could you please lay off? Like, this isn't how you get in someone's pants. Sorry, I mean, this isn't how you get someone to fall in love with you. We have a rapping realtor, of course. Oh, we have kids come out and sing a song called Clayton Sucks. I mean, obviously I love the song, but the guy who came out of the limo <laughs> for this, his energy did not match those kids singing at all. Also, he was wearing a dangly earring, which is like a whole other story. But the kids are singing. It's this real big clapping church energy. And the guy just comes out and he's like, uh, hey, yeah, this is crazy, right? Like he just didn't match the energy. And it was just such a disconnect for me. Did not like it. Also, this guy is a wedding photographer. And so is Clayton's hostage, Susie. And uh, that just rubbed me the wrong way. That job is ruined for me now. Oh my God, we have Meatball come out. And yes, his name is literally Meatball. Thank you, James, for making my life easier and giving me a nickname to work with right at the top. Really appreciate you. He also is the cutest dimples. Oh my God. But yes, he comes in. He brings the largest Meatball sub I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, hey, I'm Meatball. All my friends call me Meatball. Blah, blah, blah. And his job title is Meatball Enthusiast. And yeah, I know that's not how his voice sounded, but if you're going to describe yourself and identify as a Meatball Enthusiast, then that's how your voice should sound. I don't make the rules. We have a guy come in in a blue morph suit that completely covers his face and body, and he takes it off and he's like one of the cutest ones there. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this one. We have Roby next, who's a magician. And yes, his name is Roby, not Robbie. It's R-O-B-Y. Sure. And he's a magician. And of course, the only magic trick I want him to do is add an extra B to his name. Okay, please just make it easy for us. But they did not mention this at all. And I have to tell everyone listening to this, Roby's sister is 90s, early 2000s sensation, Lily Sobieski. Yes, his name is Roby Sobieski. And his older sister is Lily Sobieski. If you don't remember that name, she was on the cover of like every teen magazine in like the early 2000s. She was in Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen, that Disney movie. She was in Joyride with Paul Walker. She was in Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Oh, Lost in Translation. She was in so many random things, but I know her as just being like an it girl. Like she was on the cover of like J14, Teen Vogue, that whole era of magazines. She was just that girl. And that's Roby's older sister. What the hell? That's just the coolest fun fact ever. I wish he opened with that, you know? Okay, after Roby, we have a cute guy with a southern accent who mixes up their names. Dude, you had a 50-50 shot and you blew it. That's iconic. 
We have Tino who drives in with a forklift and says, you two look forking gorgeous. And Rachel is immediately like, yes, he's my type. He's cute. Tino, Tino, Tino. Loves him. We have this romance novel looking ass guy, shirtless on a horse, oiled chest. Oh my God. Rachel's like, is that Fabio? I am shocked that she knows who Fabio is. Isn't she like 25, 26? Fabio was like before my time and I am 30, uh, 30 redacted. I am way older than Rachel and Fabio was before my time. Like what? He also made the ham-fisted joke. I know I look like I'm on the cover of a romance novel, but I'm just looking for my happy ending. And Gabby and Rachel laugh at this and you could tell he was being serious. Like he didn't even get his own innuendo. Embarrassing. Also, I hated that when he walked in the mansion, the guys were like, ow, ow, woo, and like hooting and hollering because he's shirtless, of course. And his first instinct is yelling, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. Dude, what the hell? What the hell? He needs therapy. We have Tyler, a small business owner, and then another guy with a velvet jacket. It says, do you feel that? It's husband material. Like, come on, we've had that joke in the limo entrances before. Okay, let's think of something else. Oh my God, we have identical twins. And my favorite part is that the identical twins come out of the limo and one of the guys watching from the mansion immediately just goes, nah. <laughs> like game over because twins walked out. I just loved that sense of defeat. Oh, amazing. Oh my God, Termaine, the crypto guy. Literally his job title was crypto guy. That's embarrassing. He doesn't even introduce himself and he just drops the mic. He has a mic and he drops it in their hands and then walks in the house. Dude, dude what? Like, do you, you have to like say an epic line before you metaphorically or literally drop a mic. I, like, do you understand what a mic drop is? Does Termaine even understand what a mic drop is or is his head too in the NFT metaverse? I don't know. Oh, we have Spencer. He's a graduate student and he brings them chairs because he jokes about how it's going to be a long night. Ugh, accessibility king. We have a guy whose title is shipping executive, AKA he works at the post office. Oh my God, I loved this. Someone copied Gabby's entrance on Clayton's season when she walked in and says, I just want to sit on your face and it's a pillow with Clayton's face on it. Someone made a pillow with Gabby and Rachel's faces on it. And I just thought that was really smart, super clever. We have Jordan V who's a drag racer. And of course my first thought was he's a drag queen. But no, he's like an actual like racer of cars. Boring. Erich comes out and it probably is pronounced Eric, but it's spelled with an H at the end. And he looks exactly like Nick Vile, which is never a good sign. All right, that's it with the limo entrances. We finally get to the mansion. That was like, what, 32 guys, I think Jesse said. That is, that is too many guys, okay? That is like an elementary school homeroom and a half. There's nothing really too memorable about this first cocktail party other than the guys having no idea how to navigate conversations with the two of them. Like, I think they're a little nervous to pull aside one. So the first couple of conversations are with both of the girls and it's just super friend zone-y. Like the twins conversation, oh my God, it was so weird. No chemistry whatsoever. So finally, we start to get some one-on-one -on -one conversations. And when I talk about this lack of structure, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I wish the Bachelor Overlords just cut the joint conversations and just gave us the one-on-one -on -one conversations because we don't want to see that awkwardness, you know? 
Like we want to think that you guys put some intention behind this instead of treating them as just two women equals one lead. It was just really clunky for me and I wish they didn't show the joint conversations at all. Like Rachel put this really well. She was talking about how one of the guys made her feel like the only girl there. That is the key to making this season work. The guys need to focus. The Bachelor overlords need to focus. Like everyone just needs a little more focus. So this feels less clunky, less accidental. Oh, one moment here that did really make me laugh is when Roby Sobieski, the magician, was like, oh my God, how do you remember my name? And Rachel goes, magic. That is the funniest thing Rachel has ever said in this season and the last one, period. Gabby's first kiss was with Mario and she ultimately gives him the first impression rose. I don't see the chemistry there, but sure, I bet the kiss was real good. I really wanted her to give it to that Boston guy who had the whiteboard with the lingo because I just felt like there was such a playfulness between the two of them. And I know some people online were a little uncomfortable that he shushed her, but my opinion, it was a joke. They were playing around with each other. He was like, shh, shh, and she was laughing. And I just think they had such chemistry. But hey, Mario's hot. I get it. Rachel's first kiss is with Tino, which I also think is interesting that they both gave their first impression roses to their first kiss. Hmm. For their first kiss, Tino brought her to the stairs and said, I want to create good memories on stairs instead of you crying over Clayton. And I actually thought that was really cute. But he totally rubs me the wrong way. Ew. First off, his first kiss, he asked her, can, can, can I kiss you? And it wasn't in like a chivalrous, gentlemanly way. It was just really awkward for me. I didn't like it. But let me know what you think. Later, when Rachel went to give him her first impression rose, she was like, hey, Tino, can you come with me? And Tino immediately looks at the guys like, oh, like seeing their reactions. Like, wouldn't you be 100% focused on Rachel in that moment? It just seemed really off to me. Another interaction that I really loved was Gabby and Erich, the Nick Vile lookalike, because he was like, you look stunning. And she's like, thanks, my hair is fake, my teeth are fake. And he was like, what? And she goes, yeah, but you can't tell because boys are dumb. I mean, oh my God, that was 100% the best line in this episode. Oh, and the second best line I forgot to mention was when Meatball came out with that sub and one of the girls was like, how many meatballs are in that sucker? Obsessed. Also throughout the night, the girls are checking in with each other like, this is who my first kiss was. This is who I'm into. This is who I had a good conversation with. And I wonder if that's going to inform how they treat these guys too. Like, is Rachel just not going to go for Mario anymore? And is Gabby not going to go for Tino anymore? I'm really curious to see how that dynamic plays out. Also, this ties back to what I was saying earlier about Jesse's role. I like how they're checking in with each other because it really gives that girlfriend vibe that Caitlin Bristow really brought as a host. And it kind of emphasizes that, yeah, Caitlin's not really needed in this season because we really don't need that girlfriend energy this time. Sorry, Caitlin, I love you, but not this time. So the girls dramatically cancel the first rose ceremony, which I was actually obsessed with, even though they did send home three guys. They put them in their rose ceremony position, their choreographed positions, and they pull aside Roby and the identical twins and are like, actually, you guys can go, which I'm sure they were like, what the hell? Because they probably thought there was a rose ceremony right after. And it's like, really? You couldn't just not give me a rose? You really couldn't bear to look at me for five more minutes? Like, that's what I was thinking. And I was like, wow, that's really rude. And then they go in and say, actually, we're going to cancel the rose ceremony because we didn't even talk to all freaking 32 of you. So 
So I actually like that they did that. And I'm hoping we get to meet more guys next week that didn't get any FaceTime this week. But who knows? It's usually like week seven or eight that I stop asking, who's this? What's their name? Who's that random guy? Has he been here this whole time? So we'll see. But still, it sucks for Roby and the identical twins. Like the identical twins had the best gimmick and they totally blew it with how boring they were. Like they could have sold them the Olsen twins fantasy, like two people dating two twins, riding Vespas in Italy or eating baguettes and participating in model UN competitions in Paris. They could have been those guys for them and they blew it. So the not rose ceremony ends and they do the cliche bachelor trope of clinking their champagne glasses, but all of the glasses are empty. Like, did someone not add the CGI champagne in post? What happened there? And of course, the blooper was the Fabio guy's horse just taking a giant dump on the bachelor mansion. I'm obsessed. But of course, the horse's name is Blanco. Like, this show does not need any more whiteness. But overall, I really liked the episode. I'm super excited for this season. And yeah, let me know what you thought of the premiere. I had a little segment idea. Since I'm hosting this podcast by myself, I wanted there to be some interaction. So it's not just me shouting at a brick wall. Story of my life. So on the Trashler Instagram, which is just at Trashler, I asked everyone to ask me questions. And I figured every week I could just put that prompt out and then I'll answer your questions. I thought that was easy enough, right? And they'll be anonymous, of course, so you could really ask me whatever you want, and I won't expose you on this podcast. Okay, someone asked first crush and first kiss. Oh, wow, we are are starting scandalously. My first crush was definitely someone who was in my kindergarten class. He looked exactly like Nick Carter, and I just had the biggest crush on him. He was so cute, and I remember he came up to me one day in class. And I was so nervous because I thought he was going to ask me out. Like, what the hell? I was five years old. And he came up to me and I was like, hey. And I batted my eyes behind my Harry Potter glasses. And he hands me a paper and I'm like, oh my God, freaking out, freaking out. And he goes, can you give this to Jennifer? Tell her I think she's cute. So that was my first crush and my first heartbreak. So a very formative moment for me. First kiss. My first peck was in... My first peck was the last day of eighth grade. We had this last day of eighth grade party and we decided to play spin the cell phone because that was back when cell phones were big. And I pecked two boys that night. So I kind of got crazy. Next question. Do you think the two leads will ever get naughty with the same guy? Even if it's just an over the pants hand job? <laughs> That's a great question. I hope not, but I feel like it's inevitable Oh, I really, really hope not. Blah, sister wives. Oh, here's a good one. Do you read spoilers? No, 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 no. I don't. One reason is because I do enjoy the show and I've known spoilers in the past and it made me enjoy the show less because so much of it is, oh my God, what's going to happen? Who's going to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And knowing who won at the end, it just really ruined it for me. And another reason, like put a halo over my freaking head, because I do recaps of the show, I feel like spoilers also tainted my recaps because I was subconsciously biased towards the winner. So I want to recap this completely blind. I don't want to know anything ever. And the seasons that I did know who won, I regret it. And I wish I didn't know anything for those two. So yeah, I do not look at any, any, any type of spoiler. Great question. Last question. Oh, this is, this is the one. (laughs) I know you've thought about it. What would your entrance be out of the limo? That is a good question. And you're right. I have thought about it. 
I would definitely not do a gimmick. I would just come out looking hot, looking absolutely stunning, and then make deep eye contact and maybe say some type of one-liner. But I think the way to really make an impression is just to make deep eye contact and acknowledge the craziness of the situation. Like, oh my God, this is so awkward, right? Like, oh my God, I can't believe we're meeting for the first time and there's 50 cameramen around us. Like just acknowledging it and maybe making them laugh through that approach. Like you gotta be sincere, you can't have a gimmick and you gotta look hot. That's what I would do. Okay, this is not a question, but someone also said the hashtag emoji on Twitter is disappointing. I totally agree. If you used hashtag bachelorette on Twitter, they added this weird lipstick emoji at the end. So it looks like a lipstick S. It was just really weird. I didn't know it was an S for like five hours. Someone pointed it out to me. I was very embarrassed. So yeah, I think that means it's bad graphic design. Oh, oh, oh let's do winner and loser of the week. Let's bring it back. Okay. <clears throat> My winner of the week is the real name of actress Lily Sobieski, aka Roby the Magician Sobieski's older sister. And that name is Lillian Rudabet Gloria Elsbetta Sobieski. Yes, the girl has three middle names and two of them sound like Gloria Stefan. Iconic. My loser of the week is, you guessed it, socks. Not a lot of guys wearing socks this episode. Wardrobe budget cuts, man, inflation hits us all. Okay, whoa, first podcast recap down. We freaking did it. Don't forget to follow Trashler on Instagram, at Trashler. Join the Slack. The information for that is also on the Instagram and for the Fantasy League. Follow Trashler on Twitter. It's also at Trashler. And I'll see you next week. Ah, bye.